When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply every guest so i apologize to everybody listening for any audio problems we have today is the one and only mr nick pope of encounters of rendlesham forest and several other books but i am a huge fan of yours i'm a huge fan of all things ufology and so i don't butcher your introduction how about you introduce yourself sir Sure. I worked for the UK government for 21 years at the Ministry of Defence, and for much of the early 90s, I ran their UFO programme. So my job was to research and investigate the phenomenon and the sightings, and to judge whether there was evidence of anything of defence significance or more general scientific interest. Uh, Simply put, because we were doing it within the uh, Ministry of Defence, was there evidence of a a threat to the UK? Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that is what I like the most about your book is how you bring up, I think, I believe, Lord Hill Norton, who is like, we have one of two possibilities. Either there was a UFO encounter uh, that permeated British airspace and or was a Soviet thing. Either way, something came into the, our airspace with impunity or that didn't happen. And all of the servicemen and government officials on that base with nuclear weapons were hallucinating. Either or, they are both of defense significance. Absolutely. It's difficult to argue with that. And of course, Lord Hill Norton was a former chief of the defense staff. So the U.S. equivalent would be chairman of the Joint Chiefs. I mean, literally, this was the U.K.'s most senior military officer. And so when someone like that comes up with a a statement like that, well, it's, it's unimpeachable. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I always think of is, right, it's not like me and I'm 30. It's not like I have a friend that was in the Marines and he's like, let me tell you about the UFOs. Because it's like, you know, that word's not really, that is the top dog. That was the, that was like the Curtis LeMay. That was, you know, that's like a James Mattis. That is the top dog. And he, and he said that, and he said that he was left out of it. But of all the, of all the um, events I like how you covered Rendlesham Forest, and I had never thought about it, and I would like to consider myself a UFO buff, but I never thought about the way you worded it at the beginning of your book, which will be in the description and in the, the top comment, is when a, you know, a soldier once said that a war is only over once the last uh, participating member is dead, and then it becomes history. And with Jesse Marcel, that's what happened with Area 51 and the Roswell crash in 47. So this is our only... This is our our time, um, our current Roswell is what happened in Rendlesham Forest, because obviously most of those people are still alive. Do you think that do you think that the Tic Tac sighting off of the USS Nimitz in 2004, do you think that that is going to gain equal notoriety or historical importance or significance in the field of ufology? Sorry for talking so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been watching you on documentaries for years, so I'm geeking out right now. Uh, Yes, to answer your question, absolutely. The Tic Tac sighting, I think, has already been a game changer. And I, to contextualize it, I lump it together with some 
other things that are going on in parallel. So I think not only do we have the 2004 USS Nimitz uh, Tic Tac sighting, but we have the two events from 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have three videos. And just in case anyone's in any doubt, you can go to the Department of Defense website and they've posted them and they have said, these are genuine U.S. Navy videos for looking in for red camera. Uh, we categorize the phenomena depicted in these videos as unidentified. So that's part of it. But in parallel, of course, we've had the revelations about the Pentagon's ATIP program, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. We've had uh, congressional briefings that have certainly involved both the Armed Services Committee, the Intelligence Committee, uh, some people on the Appropriations Committee too. Um, Congressional briefings, number of senators have confirmed, gone on the record, stating, yes, we received a classified briefing on all this. No, we can't go into the details. Uh, Marco Rubio, for example, Mm -hmm. has has been briefed. Senate Intelligence Committee uh, demanded a report from DNI, So uh, basically said to the Director of National Intelligence, we are not satisfied with current arrangements within the US government, whether it's the military or the intelligence community. We need to draw all this together, find out who knows what, uh, and and get one system set up and do effectively, I guess, a proper intelligence assessment of the phenomenon. What is this thing in our airspace? So we've got that going on. We've got the US Navy has now issued guidance to its pilots telling them what to do if they encounter these things, but they're not prepared to say what that guidance says. I guess rules rules of engagement, that's fair enough. And the final piece of that particular puzzle, of course, is that in parallel, the Pentagon has set up this Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, partly to meet the remit of the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, but but partly more generally because these sightings are, of course – are going on. I mean, the, the three videos, uh, Tic Tac and the other ones, this is not an isolated incident. This is part of an ongoing series of incursions into restricted US airspace, whether it's around our, our multi-billion dollar aircraft carriers or whether it's around fixed installations on the continental United States. But this is going on and we need to find out what's, what's happening. Is it Russia? Is it China? Or is it something else? We need to know. Yeah. And it, it, it it's kind of like Lord Hill Norton, right? It's like whatever the explanation is, is it's fantastic, right? Is this just, is this the equivalent of seeing the stealth fighter in 79? And it's like, what in the world is that? Is this the B-2 flying in like 90? Is this, is this what we're seeing? Is this just the U.S. government really flexing how far ahead they are? Maybe, I don't know, China getting a little... Trying to get in a little, uh, throwing its elbows around. Maybe we want to zip around in some hypersonic tic tac, show them what's up. Or is this a Chinese or Soviet craft? Or is this extraterrestrial? Regardless of what it is, the it, it's insane because it's happening. And so, do you think that we're moving any closer to some sort of? I mean, and I know it's as you say in your book, it's the holy grail, right? Disclosure with a capital D. The the president comes on and says, "Hey, we got these. Sorry, aliens are real. Let's move into the intergalactic uh, civilization with zero point energy. It's all you know, milk and honey." Or is or is this just going to continue to be this sort of stumbling, 
and it's going to happen whenever it happens. What do you I think? I think the question, the question of disclosure, of course, turns on what indeed there is to disclose. And now, if, as some believe in the UFO community, there is literally a spaceship in a hangar somewhere, then I guess the president could do that great speech that, that yeah. people fantasize about. My fellow Americans, people of the world, yeah, we're not alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, probably, no, no legal or constitutional difficulty with that. There might be some issues if it transpires that the, the unstated postscript to that statement is, and by the way, we've known about it since 1947, and we just yeah. haven't told you. So, Sorry. But, you know, setting that aside, it, it's interesting. And, and literally in the last few weeks, um, there have been some hints dropped. I, I want to go back, actually, to, to something Marco Rubio said, which is very interesting. He said, and it picks up your point about, is this our own tech? Is it Russia? Is it China? Marco Rubio said, I would almost rather it be extraterrestrial because, frankly, if this is Russia and China with the sorts of speeds and maneuvers uh, and acceleration that has been attributed to this, and don't forget, it's not just pilot eyewitness testimony, yeah. it's radar data yeah. and forward-looking infrared camera footage. So so we've got all that to, together with all the other Mazint and and all the other things we probably shouldn't talk about. But there's a, there's a lot of data. There's a lot of data that the U.S. will have on this. Um, and, and so for Rubio to say, I'd rather it was was extraterrestrial than Russia or China, I, I get that because, of course, what he's saying is that um, if, if Russia or China has made that kind of technological leap, then we are in trouble. There's a, there's a, a, a capability gap yeah. here. But so now, of course... As you know, in the shadowy world of intelligence, nothing's ever quite as it seems. There's bluff, there's counter bluff. There are plans within plans. Mm -hmm. So, so who knows? Yeah. But um, yeah, we we are certainly in interesting times for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's I've had on on I've had on a guy on here several times, uh, Dale Comstock, who is the youngest ever member of Delta Force and who is in the CIA Special Activities Division, which is the literal inspiration for Ian Fleming's James Bond. So he point being, though, is I remember asking him about some stuff about just kind of the upper tiers of, of black ops and plausible deniability. And I've said this quote a lot, but I'll say it again. He said, once you get to the upper echelon, the upper, I guess, the summits of intelligence, it turns into a, quote, foggy forest of mirrors. And that's what it feels like, is it just kind of dissipates into a fine mist. And it's like, who is behind what? What is going on? Well, absolutely. Now, in military terms, of course, being almost boringly mathematical about it, there is an equation that defines threat. And one always says that threat is a product of capability times intent. Well, we know from the... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the data that we have, the capability obviously looks pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. What we don't have data on at all is, is intent because we don't know as... Lou Elizondo, who yeah. ran the ATIP program, yeah. said, to, to borrow his phrase, I hope he do it, doesn't mind, we don't know who's behind the wheel here. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that, right? But, but yeah. But so, so we have this, we have this situation where we know the capability is good, but we don't know what the intent is. Therefore, in our threat equation, we can't say whether there is or isn't a threat. And in those circumstances, it's better to assume there's a threat yeah. and be relieved when it doesn't materialize than the other way around. But uh, one one more point that I had meant to make. Sure. We've, we've seen in the last couple of weeks some hints, not just from senators, but, but even from, from uh, President Trump and from uh, former President Obama. Um, President Trump uh, has given several interviews where this subject has come up he said in relation to one of the navy videos he said uh, well our very fine pilots see these things and there seems to be something a little bit different this time and we're watching then he went on in a later interview to say and i think this was one with reuters he said that's one hell of a video and who knows it may be real and then in a, a father's day interview with donald jr he he when when his son basically said, uh, "Come on, you know, are you gonna? What do you know about this?" And he said, "Well, I knew know a few things, and uh, as to whether I declassify any of this, we'll have to wait and see." Uh, as I speak to you today, literally last night, uh, former President Barack Obama was on uh, talking to Stephen Colbert on the Late Show, okay. and of course, this subject came up as it does now increasingly. And um, President Obama said, well, um, Colbert said, did you ask about UFOs? Uh, in response to a discussion about how difficult it was to get information out of the, the system sometime. Yeah, yeah. And he said, I asked. And, and Colbert said, well, what, what did they say? And he, Obama said, I can't tell you. And so Colbert said, well, wait a minute. If there was nothing, you would have said to me, uh, well, there's nothing. But you giving me that answer is all the answer I need. Yeah. So uh, we are in, like I say, interesting times when even presidents are dropping these heavy hints now. Yeah, that's yeah. Again, it's sort of that that Lord Hill Norton uh, phenomena, if you will, right? The, I guess that will, we can coin that as a phenomena when someone of unimpeachable status says something again it's not me on my podcast ranting about ufos with an american flag right it's when the president says i can't tell you or when trump says maybe i'll declassify it that's right harry truman flying saucers given that they exist are not constructed by any power on earth uh, jimmy carter i know ufos are real i've seen one like right it starts to get a little like well if because because there's one, right, the, the mind, it can go cognitive dissonance, right? You can go, well, he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Stupid Republican, stupid Democrat, right? But if you're not going to take them at their word, then you can't really take anyone at their word. Because if they're not good enough for a source, then who is, right? 
Well, absolutely. And then people want it both ways. Yeah. If they had turned around and said, no, honestly, there's nothing to this. He's lying. People would have said, oh, oh yeah, they're debunking it. Yeah. And then when they kind of drop a hint like this, they say, oh, well, they must have been joking. Well, look at the look at the body language, look at the facial expression, uh, examine the words that were said. And, and it's not a... Um, a, a Republican or a Democrat yeah. issue. I've spoken to people, political figures sure. uh, on on both sides of the divide here. I mean, this is, this is yeah, it's, it's not Republican or Democrat. Uh, every now and then, someone will maybe take up the baton, but um, this is right across the party line, yeah. and rightly so. Yeah. If I'm a little upset because, in my mind, if if I was ever going to see disclosure in my lifetime. It was going to be Donald Trump because who else would uh, who else would give up that opportunity to be that? Because you have a couple, right? You have like first president. You could have Civil War president. You got your World War Two president. No one really thinks about World War One. And then you got you got your nine eleven president, and then it would be your UFO president, right? This only happens a handful of times in history. Not something of this Absolutely. status. Yeah. And and look, here's the thing. Uh, well, without wanting to get too heavily political sure. of course i mean firstly it's not quite over yet yeah not um, not over yet we've, yeah we've we've got i guess the electoral college meeting on what december 14th yeah then of course it goes to a joint session of congress if i have that right on january 5th or 6th yep. so so it ain't over till <laughs> it's, it's over it's but, not over but yet look, <laughs> but look even if it is over for for president trump sure. and and well you know of course firstly he may come back in 2024 but look let's suppose he doesn't sure let's suppose he doesn't it's the perfect time yeah an outgoing president with what as i i speak to you now what almost literally seven weeks seven weeks till january 20th yeah um that would be the time to do it that would and it would be two things it would be two things firstly as you say it would be the ultimate legacy cementing disclosure done but yeah but second if if he felt like being a little bit mischievous as he probably would be (laughs) to say the least it would kind of be the ultimate monkey wrench wouldn't it be for for the incoming biden presidency yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so actually uh, Donald Trump would be the perfect it's, disclosure president in those last few weeks because what <laughs> what's the comeback going to be? You're, you're right. We are – yeah, right? It's the middle finger. It's the throwing the match behind you as you walk out the door. And if anyone and, would do it, it would be him. And absolutely. And, and just, you know, it might be the uh, – my fellow Americans, people of the world, sure. or it might just be a late night It'll tweet. be a tweet. It'll oh, be a 3 a.m. tweet. <laughs> it'll be it'll be it'll be, just left area 51 beautiful researchers zero uh, zero point tech zero point energy field technology greatest thing ever america amongst the stars trump hotel <laughs> on proxima centauri it's the but know what he'll do he'll leave it and he'll be like corrupt corrupt uh slimy defense contractors didn't want the people to have a new age of technology sad i was the only president or he'll do it or he'll do it as a He'll do it as a final distraction to get back in, but because I only I could t- I could I could talk about this for hours as I do almost every day, but I only have you. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. 
Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. For a limited time, so I'll veer back in. Well, actually, actually, no, I don't want to veer back in because it got me thinking. It is, it's not over yet. And if anything, as the window closes, the probability increases. Right? If it would have happened, it would happen. I, I think so. Yeah, it's... And and if not, if not, well, let's look ahead and ask what a Biden presidency would bring. And one thing a Biden presidency would bring is obviously uh, Kamala Harris as um, VP. And she, of course, sits on the Senate Intelligence Committee, mm-hmm. who, as we know, got the briefing on uh, Tic Tac and the other Navy sightings and presumably the ATIP program more generally. So one would maybe expect that she's either had the briefing or will be getting the briefing. Uh, Biden, if assuming there is indeed something to disclose, would be getting the briefing. I think literally today he got the the president's daily brief for the first time, copied on. Um, So, you know, we we ask these questions and uh, I, I say it's not necessarily a Republican or a Democrat issue. Anyone could do it if if it's there. If it's there. The problem, the problem, of course, is what if it isn't? What if it's just a little bit more nebulous? Like, yeah, there's something in our airspace, but we don't know what it is. There isn't a spaceship in a hangar. Um, We don't have crashed spaceships at Area 51 or anywhere. Um, And in those circumstances, there isn't really anything tangible to disclose yeah. except, yeah, there's something, but we don't know what. And my goodness, I think we can all agree. Governments don't like to say we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you th- Yeah, because I've thought about that a lot is, I mean, I think about like the 1952 uh, sighting over uh, in July of 52 over D.C., right? All the flying saucers, the like twelve or seven or 12 discs or whatever it was. You know, even if it's not ours, and even if we don't have a tangible craft in a hangar somewhere, a la Bob Lazar, it would make sense from a uh, defense standpoint, from a, um, I guess, fake it till you make it standpoint to say, don't, one, don't say that those aren't ours, because that makes you look weak, because then what is that? That is something that is in our airspace with impunity. But two, if you don't recognize it officially, everyone, myself included, as you and I are right now, is that just a U.S. black project that has some weight, right? You can use it as your own. This is mine. You know, I don't. I can't tell you what it is, but this is ours, right? That makes you look powerful. It, it does. And one of the big unasked questions in all of this is, how is this playing out in Moscow and Beijing? And, and of course, it is playing out in Moscow and Beijing. I, I mean, they have been following, obviously, these events. You you could not miss uh, Armed Services Committee involvement, uh, Intelligence Committee involvement, the videos, the UAP task force. So the political leadership in 
in Russia and China is obviously going to be turning to the the service chiefs and the intelligence chiefs and asking what the heck's going on in the United States. Yeah. And that's why I say in the shadow world of intelligence is are they putting that material out to send a message yeah. to Russia and China? Hey, we've got this stuff. We, we hear a lot about uh, uh, hypersonic missiles, AI-controlled drone swarms, um, the, the militarization of, of space um, is is all of this just part of that puzzle and is the UFO community kind of caught up in it almost as a, a pawn in the chess game or is something else going on we don't we don't have the answers to those questions yet yeah I, I would I would bet that I that I am that I am being caught up that I am whatever just because here I am above a garage doing a podcast with a webcam, I think that there's no way I have the briefing. So whatever I think, I can only assume that it's probably false, that I am, because whatever I know is what the enemy knows, because it's what I get through public right dissemination. So I can only imagine that I have a a flawed or completely incorrect uh, idea of what's going on. Um, it's 2.27. I said I'd let you go at 2.30. I would love to keep talking to you if you want to keep going. Oh, I would well, love to... I'm I'm happy to. I'm right, happy let's, to let's let's keep going good, as we're on a, a little bit of a roll good. here. And let let me maybe pick up that point because it's yeah. it's uh, an important one. I, I think when when people say when people lobby for disclosure as they do, and they say, "Oh, the American people have a right to know," and I I absolutely get that, and generally speaking, they do. But obviously, on intelligence matters, and then when we get into matters that are classified. Whatever we're talking about, whether it's UFOs or or, or anything, whether it's nuclear weapons, um, once you tell the American people, oh, the American people have a right to know, you're also telling the the Russian, the mm-hmm. Chinese, the Iranian, the North Korean leadership. Um, so so yeah, you you need to be careful with this. And and this came up. This this actually arose with with those three videos, because there was a Freedom of Information Act request that I think went to Naval Systems Command, as I recall. Mm -hmm. And they said, yes, we do have more information pertaining to those three videos, including a a top secret briefing slide. But obviously, we're not going to, and and that's probably the slide that was used to brief uh, POTUS and to brief the, the Intelligence Committee, the Armed Services Committee. Anyway, be that as it may, the point is, as you know, the definition of top secret information if I have it right, is information the disclosure of which would cause catastrophic damage to the national security of the United States. Yeah. And that's not a road that we want to go down. Yeah. Yeah. It's whether it's <laughs> UFOs, whether it's whatever it is. Sure. Sure. What what do you think it is? Because again, my opinions are just me just yelling in front of a camera, right? It's I have a, happen to have a microphone or a laptop. What is your opinion, though, with your history in the Ministry of Defense and the UFO program? What What is, again, it's all speculation. It's not like we know, but I think that your opinion is a lot more weighted than I would say probably any more than anyone else I know, more than anyone else I've ever talked to. I mean, you were in the Ministry of Defense and you are Nick Pope. I've watched so many shows and documentaries with you. It's very weird talking to you. But what do you think it is? I don't know. And <laughs> I'm not, I, you know, people... People, I think, maybe expect that I'm just going to come out and yeah. say, oh, it's this or it's that. that um, <laughs> I, I think people in the UFO community, people in the media, 
they're all too quick to say, oh, yeah, I, I think it's obviously this, or it can't be that. Uh, truth of the matter is we don't have, or, or the, the, the media and the public, and I don't think I still retain any security clearance, but uh, I, I left the British government in 2006. Mm-hmm. Can't absolutely guarantee I signed off everything that I was supposed to, but who knows? So, but look, the, the point is, those of us who've looked at this from within government, the, the phenomenon, whatever it may be, we are not afraid to say from time to time we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think all too often I see people in the UFO community blurring the lines between what they know and what they think. And uh, first rule of briefing, um, always make it clear where the line is. So I currently don't know because I don't have access to enough data to make a decision. Now, somewhere in the US government, there is more data on this. And when the DOD say our current position is that these three videos, the phenomenon more generally, remain unidentified, and, and that is their official line, and you yeah. see it on their, their website. Um, that's not the question. The question is, okay, but what is your best current assessment? Because look, you don't go in to brief the president (laughs) or or a a congressional committee with a position that says, we don't know. And and you go back to what you probably do is you probably use, I I think they still use it, that old CIA paper on the, what what is it called? The order of estimative probabilities. So, and it it dates back, I think, to Vietnam. Yeah. uh, There was a briefing and everyone came out of the briefing with a different view on on what the likelihoods were because people were throwing around these words like, well, we think it's pretty likely that uh, the the Viet Cong have this or, mm-hmm. or it's probable that they have that or we don't think. But somebody said afterwards, well, did, did that mean, does probable mean like greater than 50% <laughs> or does it mean 90%? Yeah. What, what intelligence have you got to underpin that assessment? Yeah. So... So the point is, going going back to the, the U.S. Navy UFO videos, they very well may be truthful when they say we don't know, but they will have their best, best current assessment. Yeah. And they will probably have gone through all the theories, and, and we can list them. I mean, we'll, I think we have, but let's, let's do it again. Um, some sort of misidentification by the pilots combined with radar glitches and forward-looking infrared camera anomalies. Uh, unlikely on all those independent systems, including the, the Mark I eyeball, but yeah. there you are. It's, it's a theory. Uh, theory number two, it's our own uh, Black Project Tech, United States, or an ally. Um, UK is, has got some pretty, pretty smart kit out so, there if you say so um, yourself so, yeah absolutely <laughs> um, so, some other nations too yeah could it be adversarial nations uh, russia china maybe others could it be something that belongs to the private sector uh, elon musk or uh, you know one of the one of these tech billionaires yeah. inadvertent testing something which has inadvertently strayed into a military area well you know multiple times probably unlikely but can't 
probably can't take it off the table. Then you get into the theory, could it be a counterintelligence op? Could the whole thing be a constructed narrative designed to send a particular message to Russia, China or others? And we kind of touched on that earlier with the discussion about how this might be playing out in in Moscow or Beijing. Uh, And then we get into the exotic stuff. Could it be extraterrestrial? Could it be time travelers from the future? Could it be interdimensional? Could it be demonic? I mean, all those things. I've heard all those things yeah. put out there as theories. Yeah. You maybe can't completely take them off the table, but that would be the interesting question. Which of those theories have been taken off the table, even if you don't have a, a definitive position, which have been absolutely eliminated, and which are high-order possibilities? Yeah, 60, 70, 80 more. Um, and how does it pan out in in relation to the, the the old CIA order of estimated probability paper? Yeah, it, excuse me. <clears throat> it's, yeah, I hadn't thought about private sector. That would be nuts. But yeah, what I was thinking is in the Commander Fravor interview on Joe Rogan, um, <clears throat> he talks about, and he kind of says that at one point, you don't really... They don't really touch back up on it, but he was like, they later told us that, hey, we've been seeing these things come down. What What is the number from 80,000 feet to sea level in one second? But there's one line that he says on the interview. He goes, yeah, they told us afterwards that they'd been seeing these every day for the last couple of weeks. So he says these and that there were swarms of them. And two, they saw them every day for a couple of weeks. So it's even Fravor is just telling us what he saw, but he's alluding to more people being aware of this that had just kept it hush. And to me, that adds a whole nother dimension to it because it wasn't a one and done, right? Like you said, 2004, 15, 16, we got West Coast, East Coast, got right, the go fast. We got all these different videos of them. That kind of throws another monkey wrench into the theory. It's like, oh, this has been happening a lot or at least relatively a lot, right? Every day for a couple of weeks. I mean, that's yes. insane. I think it is somewhere in one of the U.S. Navy uh, spokesperson statements where where there is a phrase along the lines of, and I think this was a response to the story about the, the U.S. Navy issuing guidance to its people about what to do if they encounter these things. But the phrase used, um, just from memory, was something like in response to an ongoing series of incursions. So absolutely two things. It's not just one and done, yeah. and it's not historical. It's yeah. happening here and now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? It's not. It's not. You know, in line with historical unidentified flying objects. Except, no, within the last couple of weeks, right here, right over there, where you're going to be flying today. Like I think Fravor said that as well. He said those ones on the east coast that looked like a a cube inside of a sphere. Said that's what they looked like. And their heads up to the pilots was, or sorry, their their message to the pilots was, hey, keep an eye open. You don't want to run into one of these things. You might crash. Like, what the hell? It's just, they're just, they're just nonchalantly throwing that out there. Like, you know, hey, we're going to do this training. And by the way, watch out for these cubes inside of spheres. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, and, and these, these Navy top guns don't spook easily. No, and they, no. they, they're not easily impressed and yet you listen to the i think two of the three declassified videos have have um 
yeah. audio yeah. on them. Yeah. And you, I mean, it's great fun <laughs> yeah. listening to that. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, obviously we go back to the point, it still could be a constructive narrative. And some of these people, they, they could all be in on this. Yeah. But, but it sounds it sounds pretty authentic and real time yeah. and uh, yeah yeah these these people they're, they're being uh, impressed yeah. by by whatever this is that they're interacting with and um, you know as I say it's not it's not just these historical incidents it's it's happening here and now and today and of course that's the other point with all that. When people like Commander David Fravor speak out about this, and we've got now, I, I think it's something in the order of uh, five or six pilots, mm-hmm. weapon systems operators, radio, uh, radar technicians, um, th- those sorts of people on the record. But that is the tip of the iceberg, yeah. or, or a tip of the iceberg. Okay. So, but... But the point is that most of the people speaking out, of course, have left the service. Yeah. And most of the people still in the service who are going to be interacting with this, well, they're, they're not authorized to speak to the media on that. Uh, any statements to the media would be proactive and would come out through DOD Office of Public Affairs. So, so it's not like we're getting to know these, these things. That's why I say it's, it's, um, stuff is happening literally as we speak i'm sure but yeah. it's it's not being reported and lou elizondo said another interesting thing about this so one of the phrases he used was he talked with some of these encounters about the transmedium travel this ability to seamlessly move underwater oh, yeah. and through the air uh, again we're looking at some you know p- potentially some an, an interesting new propulsion system interesting new physics and on that, on that, um, you know, very shortly after the New York Times broke this story about ATIP and and the Tic Tac encounter, nearly three years ago, now, um, Congress started demanding answers to the Defense Intelligence Agency and said, "Hey, what's with this program that that we?" read about in the times and the post and politico because you people told us nobody was interested in this we don't have a program and now we learn in the media that we do what gives yeah fair question yeah. obviously yeah so because for years if if you called up the dod public affairs office and said what's your line on this as i say it would be we're not interested no one's investigating and now we know that that was not entirely correct yeah. so so congress asked the dia what what is this a tip dia wrote to congress i think january 9th maybe or 11th can't quite remember 2018 um a number of senators and staffers had had obviously demanded answers and they said look this is what we firstly they tried to spin this as being a program about next generation aerospace threats yeah they didn't straight come out and say russia and china but that was the clear implication but then something very funny happened funny peculiar not funny amusing well maybe both yeah because they said attached please find a list of 
scientific and technical studies produced under the ATIP contract, and there were 38 of them. They got into some pretty wild theoretical physics stuff, anti-gravity, invisibility, stargates, warp drive, wormholes, stuff like that. This, This is what our taxpayers' dollars went on by the way so i didn't um, know this this is news to me well i was actually the first person to get that letter um because i had i had gone to the dia press office and i'd said i I, uh, somebody had spotted it in the congressional record where it said dia wrote to congress about atip so i'd gone to the dia press office and said well i'd like a copy of that please Uh, unless there's some reason why it can't be with withheld uh, yeah. it must be so anyway they they we went back and forward on that for months and then i one one afternoon it popped into my inbox and i i tweeted it i i, I published it and uh, of course it, it made news all around the world but here's the thing uh, complete disconnect between their statement their, the implication that this was next generation aerospace threats Well, how many of those 38 papers do you think were about things like um, Russian aerospace uh, technology, Chinese missile tech, North Korean factory capacity, Iranian political intentions with regard to ballistic missiles? Um, How many papers out of 38 were about any of that? None. Okay, I was about to say, part of me (laughs) thinks it's 38 or part of me thinks it's zero. It's it's zero. Okay. It's all this this heavy theoretical physics, which is totally configured on interstellar travel. And uh, if if anyone still thinks it's Russia or China, and and they're just thinking thirty forty years ahead, yeah. one of the papers is about the Drake equation. Oh God! The Drake equation only has one purpose, yeah, and it is to estimate how many communicable civilizations there might be in the Milky Way galaxy. Yeah. So, if this is really about Russia and China, why would you want to know how many communicable civilizations there are in our galaxy? Come on, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's part of it, and and uh, look, here's my here's my working theory okay. about ATIP. Everyone remembers, or, or people in the UFO community remember Project Pooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, conventional UFO program, very much like the one I did in the UK. Uh, methodology was that you look at the sightings, you interview the witness, you check the radar tapes. If you've got photos and videos, you you analyze them. And at the end, you, you try to assign a solution to a case. Is it a misidentification, a hoax? Um, do you have maybe insufficient data to make a firm assessment or is it genuinely unknown? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I did at the Ministry of Defense. That's what Project Blue Book did. ATIP did something completely different. They flipped the narrative, I think, 180 degrees. And they said, look, let's take as our start point the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Let's ask ourselves, if this is true, what tech what understanding of, of science and what engineering technology brings them here? How do they how do they do it? And most importantly, in terms of of practicality and why this is of any practical use. I mean, yes, knowledge for knowledge's sake, but 
what are the implications? We want that technology ourselves. Mm-hmm. And Harry Reid, mm-hmm. uh, former Senate Majority Leader, who, who of course played the pivotal part in, in setting up ATIP, talked about in, in a 2009 letter to the Deputy Defence Secretary, he talked about the, the catastrophic uh, damage that would result if an adversary gets any of this tank. Yeah. first yeah. whatever the source of this tech yeah so that's that's why the secrecy it's a race for the technology yeah and that i think was what what ATIP was about and why they were getting into to studying warp drives and wormholes and anti-gravity yeah that's that's been my that's that's been my theory that i've gone on this podcast a ton of times i said it is sure there's philosophical implications but that's not the reason why you know that might be a nice straw man to why oh the government doesn't want us to know because the people are freaked out like yeah that's a good that's a good excuse if you don't want to get in trouble for not releasing it but the reality of it is is i mean look at something like the manhattan project or look at the stealth fighter or look at the sr-71 or the u2 or or uh breaking the enigma code like it's it's all about technology. Like we can get onto the philosophical and religious implications later. But if someone has a a metamaterial that can go, you know, Mach ten thousand and can go zero to ten thousand instantly, above all else, that is. I mean, we are still. It's just who has the bigger club. Except instead of clubs and arrows and guns, now it's space based lasers and you know intercontinental ballistic missiles with fifty megaton warheads on them. That's all it is. Is it's. Who wants the biggest, best, shiniest gun? That's what it is. Yes, and and let's make no mistake about it. I, I mean, yeah. let's look at this as government does yeah. um, in terms of of being arguably the ultimate low probability, high impact scenario. Even if you think this is staggeringly unlikely, as long as it's got a non-zero probability, which it clearly has, uh, and actually it's probably higher than that, but you know everyone will have their own assessment of what the figure is. But point being, it's the ultimate low probability, high impact because um, the nation, or maybe these days we should say nation or corporation, that first acquires this tech, whatever its source, but let's suppose it was extraterrestrial, that, that nation or corporation that first gets it, figures out how, how to, to back engineer it, is going to be the dominant force on planet Earth for the foreseeable future. And Forever. those are the stakes we are playing for. Yeah. And and so why not be in the game? Yeah. And and I was involved in, a, in about 1993 setting up an intelligence assessment of the phenomenon for the Ministry of Defence that, that actually took years to to happen and when it was done it wasn't it wasn't that comprehensive but but when we were setting it up in 1993 there was a throwaway line in one of the briefing documents we used and and it simply said and it's just it encapsulates what we've been discussing in a nutshell it just said we could use this technology if it exists yeah and that's it yeah that's that's exactly what because to me i think about how it's like right after Right after uh, we dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Annie Jacobson talks about this in her book, uh, The Pentagon's Brain, about DARPA. There was a discussion. There was like a public discussion from 45, and I think, through 48 about whether or not we should just go nuke the Soviets into oblivion and then go to China as well because it was only a matter of time before someone else got it and there would never be 
that that quantum leap in in power because all of human history it's going back and forth and we were suddenly at this precipice where we could take out everyone and then never it would just be america forever it would be planet america ufo technology is the same it's not that you're ahead you have a chance to just you win yeah you win the game and, and that's why i i know a lot of people around the world unfairly do down the united states but mm -hmm. but my goodness when you look at the united states and the united kingdom for example in terms of of you know, moral leadership and standards and and things like that um you know if that opportunity arises we want the united states or the united kingdom to be the nation that first acquires that technology precisely because we wouldn't use it to wipe yes. everyone out yes um just as we you know yes they may have had that debate but but ultimately because yeah. we are on the right side uh, we didn't yeah nuke the soviets and and china yeah we we just said okay we will we will be guardians of this technology we'll try not to to let it get out and if it if it does what it did we'll just have to to manage that and and hopefully find a balance which we have so that's why i think it is essential that the united states or, or the united kingdom or a nation that that would not use this for ill should be the ones to win the race and why it's, it's desperately important that that's the outcome we get yeah it's it's that's I think Mike Baker, the former CIA guy that goes on Joe Rogan all the time. He said in one of his first episodes, he was like, he was like, look, he's like, I love the United States, but he's like, let's like, no, he's like, it's not perfect. He's like, there's a lot of bad things we've done and we still do. He's like, but let me tell you, from being in the intelligence world, he goes, I'd much rather have us at the top of the food chain than anyone else because we're the least evil out there. And we're still there's still a lot wrong. There's still a lot wrong. But man, yeah. You don't want China or the so or the or the Russians like that's that's they have a history of I, not I think, caring. Yeah, I I, I I think that's a, that's a, a, a great assessment of the situation. Um, well, look, the, the, the sound is getting a little bit crackly at my end, so maybe this would be a good time to wrap up. Okay. Anyway, I, I think we've we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, maybe you can clean the sound up a little with yeah. some. <laughs> program or the other probably back engineer from Reticuli. <laughs> man thank you so much for it it's such a pleasure to have you on and talk about this man thank you so much and thank you for dude, you're just a cool guy to talk to thank you it's it's that was awesome I, I don't have, i'm just i'm just gushing now i'm a fan thank you so much I still have so many questions to ask you. I will email you. I'd love to set up another one maybe in a month or two and we can come back on and shoot the shit and talk about it. And hopefully, maybe, I don't know, maybe more will have happened. Sure. I'm sure there'll be more, more developments downstream. In fact, I, uh, I would not be surprised if more stories broke almost literally any day now. Let's go. Fingers crossed. Let's go. Let's get this party started. 2020 is already crazy enough. Screw it. Let's just have them coming in. We need we need a Phoenix Lights in 2020. That's what we need. We need 100,000 iPhones filming it. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to keep talking to you, so I got to let you go. Nick Pope, thank you so much. Author of a ton of books, including The Incidents in Rendlesham Forest, which will be in the top comment and in the description. Thanks so much, man. I'll shoot you an email, and thank you so much. That was a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right. Well, have a great rest of the day. Good you, to talk to you. You too, sir. God bless. Okay.